0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson, and I'll be your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and benefit of God's people. Here, we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. If you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in, and may the Lord bless this podcast greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and benefit. We hope that you'll enjoy today's episode. Well, once again, we're back. Uh, I'm joined again by Jason Rowland and Philip Castleton. How are you guys doing this afternoon?
1: It's in the middle of the afternoon, and we're getting weary.
0: Amen. <laughs> Phillip, <laughs> I'm like hang- a spring chicken. Are you hanging I'm all with good us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Philip is over here, chomping at the bits, ready to tackle this one today. Well, we have a, an interesting and hopefully helpful question to address today, and this question is: Why do believers no longer keep the command about the Sabbath? Now, I realize that the way that this question is posed kind of tips our hand in one sense, but we do want to interact with this in a hopefully healthy and biblical manner. So we're, we're really considering the question of the Sabbath and Christians today. Now we want to begin the conversation with the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith of 1689. There's a chapter in here that's uh, dedicated for the Sabbath and the Lord's Day worship. Um, and there's, it's a, a rather lengthy chapter, very, very helpful. So we're going to just briefly re- read through to get our conversation started. Um, chapter 22 in the Second Lenten Confession, verse, or I say, verse, paragraph seven. So if you have a copy and you want to read along, uh, please do. I'll be reading chapter 22, paragraph seven. It says this: It is the law of nature that in general. A portion of time specified by God should be set apart for the worship of God. So by his word, in a positive, moral, and perpetual commandment that obligates everyone in every age, he has specifically appointed one day in seven for a Sabbath to be kept holy for him, or to him, rather. From the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ, the appointed day was the last day of the week. After the resurrection of Christ, it was changed to the first day of the week, which is called the Lord's Day. This day is to be kept to the end of the age as the Christian Sabbath, since the observance of the last day of the week has been abolished. Now, Jason, we're gonna, I'm going to pitch this to you to kind of get our conversation started. How should we think biblically about this question regarding the Sabbath for modern-day Christians?
1: I think we begin with the understanding of where God established the principle of a seventh day rest in chapter 2 of Genesis, beginning in verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host were finished, uh, and all the host of them, I'm sorry. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the Sabbath day or the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his creation that he had done in creation. And I I butchered the reading of that, but um, the point being that God set apart a single day for the purpose of giving attention and thought to him uh, for mankind. So God didn't need a seventh day to rest. Obviously, he, he, he doesn't expend any energy in creation. And so this is not for his benefit, but it's for man's benefit. And as we move through then to the um, Old Testament book of Exodus and the story of redemption, where we see that God has redeemed a people out of Egypt and now out of grace he's he's giving these people a command to follow and one of these commands is an emphasis on the sabbath day so he says in exodus chapter 20 verse 8 remember the sabbath day to keep it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a sabbath to the lord your god on it you shall not do any work you or your son or your daughter your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So that's a day now that is given to the people of God in order that they might set aside all the normal responsibilities of life not making those less than what they are because they are important, but then it is giving God a day in which um, he is worshiped, he is thought about carefully, you rest from the normal routine and perhaps um, in that context, it, it might be sacrifices, it, it might be uh, different aspects of uh, communal uh, festivities and things like that, but but the point is it's a day in which People give over to God. And then as we move to the New Testament, um, particularly as we come to the book of Matthew, chapter 12, we see Jesus emphasizing some things about the Sabbath day. And by the way, we would know that Jesus, as the perfect law-keeping Jew, uh, honored the Sabbath day as it was intended, right? So that's important for us to understand. And so chapter 12 of Matthew, verse 1 At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath and his disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor any are of those who were with him, but only for this priest. Or have you not read in the law how on a Sabbath, the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath." And I think, again, the context briefly is that the Pharisees, the religious Jews, have made the Sabbath day a means of um, salvation for themselves, and they have narrowed the um, idea down to rule-keeping that they themselves can do of their own strength. And so now they're condemning the disciples for walking through a grain field, plucking some of the hands of the heads of the grain and rubbing it in their hands and then eating that uh, as they're going along. And it was nothing more than just a rule, a a ritual that they had put in place so that they might honor themselves for keeping the Sabbath day. And Jesus is reminding them that um, the Sabbath day um, was created for a different purpose than what they had made it to become. Um, And and we're really establishing the reality that Jesus is going to fulfill and be the ultimate rest. Um, He's going to be the ultimate Sabbath day. Um, And so that kind of sits the the pattern, I think, that we can see um, that brings us to the epistles that helps us to think a little more uh, deeply about the Sabbath day. Or that first day of the week, as you read from the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith, that uh, now we do that on the first day of the week. And we wouldn't, as Christians, call it Sabbath. Yeah,
0: it's called the Lord's Day.
1: and call it the Lord's Day.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's just a helpful category to to switch our thinking um, uh, using terms. Um, last week's episode, we were talking about the same idea with terminology. It does matter. It, it matters what how we say things and what we Used to what words we use to describe things, Philip? Uh, would you have anything to add to what Jason has has mentioned with going through these texts and scripture that help us to start thinking biblically about this idea of a Lord's Day?
2: Yeah, you know they had exactly what he said. Um, they had made it some kind of legalistic endeavor, and you know the one of the points that Jesus is make is you've made it a burden, and it wasn't supposed to be a burden. Right. It was a gift. It was a gift from God to man. The Sabbath is a gift. Yeah. Right? It is the day that God has given, and it's not just an obedience, it's, it's a trust. The Sabbath is a day which you can say, I trust you. I don't need the seventh day to make my bills. I don't need the seventh day uh, to sustain my life. Right? God says, you can rest and rest in me. You can cease from your work because I've got it, Right? which is exactly why it's ultimately fulfilled in Christ. You can cease from your work because I have accomplished for you what you need. Right? This is why it's ultimately satisfying. Christ as Hebrews 4 would tell us. But I think there's an enduring, um, you know, even as the confession said, um, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it says that it is uh, a positive, moral, and perpetual commandment. I, I think that sometimes we get so... Or, or we have been taught, or or maybe just through um, errant practice, we have established for ourselves this idea that um, uh, even if we go to church regularly, that the Sabbath or or the Lord's Day, if we want to use it, whatever word we want to use, is um, I get up, um, you know, at nine and I throw something on and I get to church as fast as I can, and then I get out of church as fast as I can and I move on and um and and that and, and i've given that god his day and, and and i think that completely misses the point you're not giving god his day you know he's given you this day and he's given you this day for for many reasons and one of which is to um, it's a means of grace in in reminding us every seventh day that he is in control of it all He's trusting, and the work is complete. And if we could give that one day and seven to to the spirit, our spiritual appetites, right, satisfying those. Um, and I think this is why the Puritans actually called it the Market Day of the Soul. I'm looking at a book you have over there, but they actually call it the Market Day of the Soul. Why? Because it, it's that day when I can set aside all the uh, mundane. All the secular things which aren't evil, which are things that uh, I of necessity have to um, be a part of in my daily life. I have to work. I, I, you know, I have to provide for my family. I have to do, do whatever. I'm allowed to say, God has this. I can, set th- I can do that for six days. And then one day I can set all those things aside, all the endeavors that occupy me um, uh, 16 hours a day, f- Monday through Saturday shouldn't occupy me on this last day why because from the from the moment i get up to the moment that i go to bed that day is set aside um in a in a vertical and a horizontal way Uh, uh, learning and communing, fellowshipping with god and uh, with with my brothers and sisters in christ (coughs) And, um, and, and according to the confession here, if you're going to read, uh, one of the ways that's done is to actually take into consideration and give myself over to this in such a way that I pre- begin to prepare on Saturday night, right? I think about what I'm going to wear tomorrow, right? I think about the songs we're going to sing. I consider the text that Jason's going to preach. I go to bed
1: in time to wake up.
2: I do. That's exactly right. Um, you know, I, I give myself to those things and I begin to prepare myself for that the night before. Or the day before. Because I,
1: Sunday worship is a Saturday decision. It is. It, it is.
2: It, that's, a, that's a good way of saying so, that. Uh-huh. And actually, Sunday worship is is ultimately rightly worked out when thought of and cared about on Saturday. That's right. right.
1: Let me just go back to one thing real quick, uh, Philip, that I think identifies our thinking about this first day of the week, to set aside the first day of the week to God um, as believers. Um the mindset that we have is, I sure wish that we, um, as a congregation, had an early service that was 8 o'clock so I could come to it and get it over with and have the rest of the day to do what I want. That's the mentality that we have. Well, we, 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 to do what we want is, I'll make it my day, accomplish what I want, and we never give God another thought. We We gave Him His due. Yeah. We gave him the two hours that we were... Well,
2: well that, that says so much about really where our heart is, oh, right? Yeah. Because um, actually it's amazing that the more that I grow in Christ and my and, and I'm more I'm sanctified, and I'm just saying this is perfect. I'm not trying to be holier than anybody. I'm saying, though, the more what I want is to be with God's people, the more what I want is to hear God's Word expounded. I actually love the fact, and I wish more people could could had the same passion for it, if you will. The fact that we have, uh, you know, uh, an opportunity on Sunday, the the last Sunday of every week to stay here and visit for a while, right? We have a brown bag special. You know, I love the days when we do that because some of us, not all of us stay. We talk, we visit, we fellowship, we love each other. Uh, we do those things. Then we come back on Sunday evening, and um, there are churches who give themselves completely to this day. And I, I, I always appreciate when I f- see fellowships that do that. They they go, you know, they'll get up on Sunday morning, they begin their day with a call to worship, and it really doesn't end until Sunday night, you know, because they come. And and though they have the, the formal part of their worship, then they go eat and then they sit around, then they have a little Bible study. They talk about the things of God. They fellowship. They talk about um, the other things too, life and, and, and love and and and, and, and responsibilities. The that yeah, they talk about those things too, but they do it in the in the context of, of, of fellowship with each other, and then they come back together for the evening worship, right? A time together, and then they all go home. And um and they give themselves on that day Completely and totally to each other and to God, and I find that I think what a wonderfully refreshing, refreshing, refreshing thing. And not only that, it communicates something to the people out there about what truly is important in our hearts and lives. But um, you know, when we um, when. Uh, when it's three hours and or, or or man, can't we do this a little earlier because the cowboy game's on? Or it's such a beautiful day and the bass are spawning. I need to get out to the lake, you know that kind of thing. Then we have we really expose um, what's important in uh, 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 in this in the scheme of it all. And and before we go on, I, I want to say this because of what I read a minute ago. I think there is an ongoing moral application, uh, a principle that is, is abiding on us. I actually hold the view that, um, and I, I don't want to be a legalist and say that here's what it must look like for you, right? But I believe that the Bible's clear that, that this is a perpetual and moral command. So if we if we avoid it or abandon it or disregard it, we're acting immorally. Okay. So we are acting in sin. Now, what does it mean to, to um, honor it? Well, it, it, it may be different for some. I, I'm not trying to, to to pigeonhole everybody into into what I what I would like to see. I don't, I don't I'm not trying to do that. But I would say this. I think if we're going to honor it, men and women of God need to take God's word. They need to study it. They need to come to a in biblically informed idea of what it means, and then they need to live convictionally by what they mean what that means and i i would say that if we would give ourselves to that it would look very very different in our culture but what we don't do is most of us don't don't give enough thought or enough care about it that we disregard it and that i think is sinful
0: yeah and i i, I would personally this is an area that i have not just in my in my own um christian walk in, in the 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 upbringing that i was raised in the um, the circles that I've been a part of theologically and doctrinally and uh, churches. This isn't something that's really been a, a topic of much discussion in, th- I don't know, 20 years or so that I've been a Christian. So, this is a relatively, personally for me, a relatively new doctrine or th- uh, doctrine. I, I don't want to use that word necessarily right here, but this is a new biblical concept that I've been wrestling with personally. So, um, I enjoy these conversations, and I think that I would probably personally land closer to where Philip is um, in my working this out, how this works out because I can see so much how the value of, especially as a father and as a husband, to a, a young family, um, how w- what setting aside a day of the week for the worship, and the the fellowship, the worship of our Lord and the fellowship with other believers, and how that can just supercharge the 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 gospel presence within my family's life. When I'm when I'm with believers, I make it a priority for my children to know that there's one day of a week, that this isn't just a we go to church and get it done, but that this is a there is a moral. There's something there that's just more than just attending a group of, uh, attending church with a group of people to just sing a few songs and hear someone talk at us for a while. There's something immensely more deep. It's this, this concept that it communicates our dependence upon the Lord for life. Because so often, especially in America, we have this just overwhelming, if you want to be successful, you've got to burn the candle at both ends. You've got to make it happen. It's up to you. And the the Christian Lord's Day is the antithesis of that yes. mindset. Yes. And, I, and what this, the, the implications are just, I don't know, I, I'm getting excited right now because... It's just not something that was really talked about much. Well, and and that's I why can see I used the, the word
2: trust earlier because there's a yes. sense in which we show up on Sunday and we give the whole day where we're saying, "I trust you."
0: Yes. I trust you and it teaches you, our you, children yes. that I as dad, I trust the Lord yeah. for you. Yes. That you guys trust me as dad, but I'm trusting in someone else that's greater than dad. Yeah. For ultimately, for the care, like for me, I think about this as a father in a, in, a, in the in the home. Um, that for me, those implications are just we can't miss those things. Now, of course, there are other implications. That's just my perspective with this Lord's Day Sabbath Christian Sabbath idea.
1: And and I think we ought to think too that maybe some of the the activities that one would choose to be involved in on that particular day might be a matter of conscience. For example. Um, can I mow my yard and listen it's a to great yeah to it's worship great. music?
2: Yeah, and there are and yeah. there is a sense in which even the even the, the confession makes room for and in God's word, he makes room for um thing, uh ne- works of necessity mm-hmm. and works of mercy. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean there's sometimes there's things that need to be done and, and, and they have to be done. Right. The problem isn't the exception, the problem is what we've made. made. Uh, of of the rule and yes. the rule for us has been um, I, I I I only need a little it's the here's what here's why we're if you went to the grocery store right and you bought one package of ding dongs you know seriously it, it, for, and that, and that's all you get to eat throughout the week not only is it not going to be healthy but uh, but really you're going to become emaciated right. The reason that we're spiritually emaciated is because we have the same mentality when we go to church. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go get. The, I'm going to open up the package of ding dongs, right? I'm going to get my sweet tooth satisfied, and then I'm out of here. And the reason that um, they called it the market day of the soul because it was the day in which their spiritual life was was fed, so that it could. Chew and and it be actually nourished sustains for the week for the week. Yes, it was the yes. way that you were nourished yes. for that time. And 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 you're talking and and you can see the difference when you read the Puritans who had this kind yes. of mentality yes. and the richness of yes. their theology versus the yes. shallowness that uh, that it pervades most of ours. And 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 one of the distinctions is that um, we have become spiritually. Um, Anorexic, uh, you know, and yet they are—they were fat in, in a real sense spiritually. And I—and I think that if we could recognize the connection, we probably wouldn't be so quick to abandon it.
0: They—they they feasted on the word and were full of the word. Yes, they were—they were overflowing. And you see it, like you said, re- reading the Puritan pastors, that <laughs> everything, every time they put pen to paper, it was just a treatise it was uh just it was it was a just a, a intensely deep work that started here right it it came from the word mm-hmm. it came from the gathering it came from this deep dependence upon the lord this re- realization that we're nothing and we need him for every waking moment
2: yeah right. and
0: it's that one day of the week that that we acknowledge that together publicly, right. saying we are not enough. We need the Lord for our very life, for our very sustenance. Amen.
1: And, and it wouldn't be um, wrong to say, uh, let's use you as an example, Duffy, with your four children, and sure. they're all young. And um, hey, let's go out in the backyard Sunday afternoon, and we've got this plastic swimming pool, and this play is a family. That, Absolutely that, not. That, that's Let's how go. you would honor the Sabbath. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know
2: what? You, you laugh, but actually I know, um, uh, um, uh, I don't know personally, but I've heard some Presbyterians who are more Sabbatarian you know, in their thinking but have actually said, it's funny, that they don't let their children eat sweets during the week, but they, 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 they reserve them for Sundays to teach their children that some of the best things happen on that day. Right. And, and, and it's one way of letting them see, look forward to the Lord's day because God gives his best on those days. And, and, and it's one way of teaching the children that, but mm-hmm. it's a way in saying, it's not saying that there can't be fun to be had. There can't be joyous and wonderful times to be had, sure. but they should be done in light of Christ. This idea that I'm just going to go and cast off everything at noon. And, and, um, and today is just an extended part of my weekend right. uh, is, um, that's, I think, where we miss out.
1: And and I'm trying to make the point that it wouldn't necessarily mean that um, you go to church, and then you come home, and as soon as you get home, after you eat a lunch, then you open the Bible, and you stay in it for the next five hours until you go back to church. It could be that you do open your Bible and do that. There's nothing wrong with that. It could be that you open your Bible, and you go out in the yard and play, and you come back and and uh, then it's time to go back to a public gathering of the church. Sure. You know, in our context, in our culture, that's what we do, or at least um, in, in the way that we do church. Uh, it may be something different for somebody else. But my point is, you don't have to lock into some kind of um, legalistic um Mode. Um, sure. sure. Actually,
2: it's not only do you, do you not need to you you don't want to no because if you do you, you lose have the
0: v- you lose the concept of the whole thing you
2: violated the
0: Sabbath and you violated yes so
2: which
1: what the Pharisees were right. emphasizing yes, yes. 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 You, that's exactly you, what you we cease, don't want
0: to do you cease to keep it holy in that sense yes um, well we are we're nearing the end of this podcast this has been a good conversation and we wanted to keep this brief listener. Um, there, there are so many other way, other places we could go with this, but I want to toss this really quick to Philip to give us a final thought before we close this episode on. Or Jason has one other thing. Well, too. I
1: was just going to make sure, um, because we read through Genesis, Exodus, Matthew. Sure. Are you coming back to a, a New Testament epistle text? Okay, I made reference to that. I didn't know.
0: No, I think, I, I think that we've, we covered it. I think enough, okay. especially. Um, there, one great resource, uh, if you're a part of our church family here at Believers, um, we're going through this 1689 Confession. That's a great resource to go open. If you have a copy, you can find it online. There are footnoted uh, scripture references on chapter 22. If you have any more questions about this, there are other resources that Jason, Philip, or I myself can point you to mm-hmm. if you have any questions further regarding the, the Christian Sabbath or the Lord's Day. Philip, would you, would you wrap us up with a closing thought here on yeah. this? How, how can this be practical for well, us? Well,
2: two, first of all, go to church. I mean, go to church and, and give yourself to it. Amen. Not, uh, not to it as an institution necessarily, but but to, to God and his people, right? Which is uh, give yourself to that, to the ministry of the word and all the ways that, that we do that on a Sunday. Amen. Give yourself to it. Second of all, be convictional. Go to God's word. Think, consider all that it says and all that it means and, and, and come to honor God by actually not being wishy-washy about this thing. But give it serious thought, consider, consider, serious consideration, and, and, and come to a convictional stance and then live by it. And that's what I w- that's where I would close. That yes. We honor God by doing that. He says to love me with your, your mind. And, and so often I think we don't. I think that you know uh, we we want to veg out. Honestly, that's I think really the reason that so often we don't find church more satisfying is because um, amusement is the standard. And uh, the word a amused, When you put the a in front of it, it means to not think. When we muse, we we think. When we amuse, we don't think. And the point is, is we like to turn the television on and not think. And God says, honor me with your mind. And so I say, give honest and real thought to what God's word has to say about it. Settle, convictionally settle on something and then honor God with it. That's what I say.
0: Well, thank you for that, uh, Philip and Jason, both. Um, That's it for today's episode. Thank you once again for taking the time, listener, to listen in today to the Asking for a Friend podcast. We surely hope that it has been a blessing to you. Please don't forget to like and share this podcast on our social media. Um, Share it with a friend. Uh, Click the share button on, on Facebook from our Facebook page Um, You can also go on our Podbean website and share it directly from there. Um, Also, if you have any questions you'd like to ask us to maybe consider for a future podcast, you can go to our church's website, bbcemory.org, find the media tab, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find a box to type in a question and submit that for us. Well, until next time, grace and peace be with you all.